Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of Bright Lights tonight. Uh, we pre-recorded it to accommodate our very special guests uh, tonight, uh, Coach Larry McKenzie, work around his uh, practice schedule and things like that. So uh, coming to you live uh, from our studio here in North Minneapolis. Uh, as always, another blessed day in the hood. Uh, we ask that you go out to LaceyJohnson.com, uh, subscribe, like, uh, click the bell for notification, and uh, donate uh, as you see fit. And also, we have a souvenir store. In fact, uh, my little bright lights cup here so you can see it. Uh, yeah, got a bright lights cup, T-shirts, and things like that. So check that out. Uh, once again, our special guest tonight is Coach Larry McKenzie. We're going to talk to him shortly. Uh, as you know, I normally do a, a little what happened this week kind of a thing before we get started. And I guess this week, uh, last night I had uh, uh, dinner with a friend and author of mine, author friend of mine. And somehow we got into a conversation on our all-time favorite athletes. And since this is uh, dealing with uh, basketball, I thought I'd rehash my all-time favorite athletes right quick uh baseball reggie jackson uh, just every time i saw him the, his style the way he hit home runs and his reaction uh in baseball in football uh jerry rice uh fellow Miss, mississippi uh, person uh went to mississippi valley state uh i was an alcorn uh person myself because i live 40 miles from alcorn and natchez and we used to play their homecoming every year, our marching band. So I had a, uh, a kind of a good feeling towards Alcorn. Uh, but uh, I had heard of this Jerry Rice and uh, Coach uh, Cooley. Coach Cooley, they called him the gunslinger and the quarterback, Willie Titan, Titan, Titan. And I finally had a chance to watch them one time. And it was just amazing. In fact, it was most, uh, it was the greatest football performance I'd ever seen between Titan and Jerry Rice. So that was very memorable. So Jerry is my uh, all-time favorite uh, uh, football player. And then, of course, and this is basically where I'm going to before we bring on the coach, uh, my all-time favorite basketball player now, my new all-time favorite basketball player, it's been for the last four or five years, uh, is Steph Curry. I just love watching him play. And uh, I just love watching Golden State play. Uh, and uh, I just remember back in the 2014, I guess, 2015 season, the year he was unanimous uh, MVP. Uh, I watched every game, every minute of every game. And I, I'll just put it this way. Uh, the greatest basketball shot I've ever seen was the shot Michael Jordan made against the Lakers uh, where he went up like he was going to dunk it, changed his mind, switched it to his left hand, underhanded it, and with English scooped it off the basket and, 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 and it went in. But here's the thing about Steph that I love and what made hooked me on him. Every game I watched, especially at the MVP year, all, uh, unanimous MVP year, he'd hit at least two or three shots I'd never seen anybody hit. And I don't think I'll ever see anyone hit hit those type of shots uh, uh, ever again after Steph. So it just his skills and the shots that he made uh, just made me a fan and love to watch him. And, of course, Golden State, the style that they played, the unselfish style, the passing, the assist. And so that's what we talked about. Uh, 
And uh, so that's my little uh, all-time favorite sports uh, people, uh, players. And uh, if anybody got any comments on any of that, you think anything is better, uh, I'll probably talk to our guest tonight offline somewhere over who's the best all-time, except as I get older, I try to stay away from that phrase because there's so many other variables, unless you're talking about individual sports like tennis and golf and stuff like that. If it's team sports, there's so many things that go into it. And I probably to get into Bill Russell and Michael Jordan and Steph Curry and all that type of stuff. Enough of that. Uh, just thought I'd share that with you, uh, our little conversation over dinner last night. Now, tonight, uh, I have uh, Coach McKenzie here. Uh, and I'll just give you a little uh, introduction. And, you know, to be honest, I've been knowing this gentleman ooh, for a long time, 30, 40 years. We were neighbors, uh, frat brothers, friends. Uh, I think uh, it's safe to say he's a confidant. I got about two or three people that I just, whenever I need advice, I go to. And he's one of them, Felton Smith and a couple other people. Always level-headed, always thoughtful, always uh, strategic. Uh my coach McKenzie, he's an he's a coach, of course. We'll tell you about that. Author, educator, motivational speaker. In fact, I had him speak at one of my corporate events, and uh, people were tears in their eyes uh, during his uh, uh, speech. Uh, he's been a Care Eleven uh, winner, uh, Eleven Who Care winner, uh, Minneapolis Park Board Volunteer of the Year. Uh, positive image father of the year. And we might talk about his son, uh, Lawrence McKenzie. He was my all-time favorite high school uh, player. In fact, uh, I thought he should have won the year Chris Humphrey won, but he came in second place there. Went on to play at the University of Oklahoma, uh, University of Minnesota, uh, played some pro ball. So we'll talk a little bit about that and the special relationship between him and Lawrence. Uh, he's a uh, Bush Fellowship recipient, uh, NCAA living legend, uh, he's the, and I guess we get into, uh, he's a member of the Minnesota, uh, basketball coaches hall of fame, basketball coaches hall of fame. The first African-American that was elected to that well-deserved and listen to this, this gentleman, uh, has won six, uh, basketball, uh, titles, high school basketball, uh, championships, uh, included four straight. Uh, and he's had some of those teams that, you know, a team that you look at and you say, look, uh, even if they play their worst and the other team play their best, they're still going to win. So he ha he's had a couple of teams like that. I've had a chance to see him re uh, uh, relate to the young men that he coaches. I've had a chance to be in, in uh, some of his uh, practices. And if you ever go there, uh, you will see why they win. He's just a special guy, special relationship. And what I love about him is the impact that he's had on the children's lives that he coached. I could go on forever for uh, about all the things that he's done, uh, and he's he's earned it. He's worked hard for it. He's been committed, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, now I'm going to introduce my guest, family man, uh, fraternity brother, friend, confidant, uh, and uh, I'm just a big uh, supporter of uh, Coach uh, Larry McKenzie. Uh, welcome to Bright Lights, Coach. Uh, thank you, Lacey. Thank you for having me, man. Honored to. Uh be your guest and participate today and man that was i, I tell you that was, i mean that was quite the introduction there so well you deserve it man because you know i've been knowing you for a while i've observed you i've observed your habits your discipline your goal settings and all that stuff your commitment and 
uh, to be honest, uh, uh, a lot of times you set example for me to follow. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, Coach McKenzie, uh, tell me about your childhood, where you're from, where you grew up, uh, the type of influences that you had uh, in your early life. Well, I mean, I'm the oldest of four kids. Um, uh, it's uh, two boys, two girls. Girl, the two girls are in between uh, the 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 boys. Just uh, so happened we both happened to be coaches, and uh, I had to put this in that my younger brother just won his first state championship in Alabama. Uh, what last fr last week? Uh, two weeks oh, wow. ago. Uh, but we uh, so I grew up in Miami. Um, interesting story is my parents met on the campus of Florida and M university. Um, I was the product of a, a teen mom. And so my parents, uh, uh, end up dropping out of school, um, moved to Miami, you know, struggled for a few years, were determined not to, to, so, so just, first of all, just in terms of influence, right. Determined not to give up in terms of their, their goals, what they both set out to do when they went to college and uh both went back to school uh my mother taught uh elementary school for 32 years my dad became a special ed teacher and taught uh special ed uh in the urban community uh within blocks from our house for 32 years um and in addition to uh being a special ed teacher he also uh worked after school on the park three blocks from our house so coaching and influencing young people in the lives community i mean i'm finding out so much about uh the influences in the in the lives that he's impact you know now that he's gone when i talk to people that we grew up with stories things that he told them that kind of thing so you know and then i spent time uh between there and a small town four thousand people walterboro south carolina where my grandparents live uh, my grandmother was a female minister, uh, and the person that I would probably say had the most influence on my life. I was, uh, it, it's interesting because me and my mom was just talking about it. Uh, when, when I was born, I mean, my grandmother obviously thought my mom wasn't quite ready yet for motherhood. And so she, she took me as a baby for a number of years and my early years was spent with my grandmother being raised being raised by my grandmother and uh, then you know later i would uh as my mom had other kids uh, i would be reunited with you know my mom and dad but it's a little bit about my background so um yeah that's yeah well a couple of things you mentioned your brother I know. I think he quarterbacked at Jackson State. Am I correct? He did. He's a, he he was a starting quarterback at Jackson State, and he's uh, in the Jackson State Hall of Fame as well. Had a, uh, a heck of a career at Jackson State. He also uh, started his coaching career at Jackson State as a graduate assistant uh, before spending thirty years coaching in the MEAC and the SWAC and the CIAA. Um, of, of college football and then uh, eventually taking this opportunity to coach a, a high school where he's also the, the happened to be the athletic director. And just as a quick, uh, I guess, diversion here, uh, that's been some big news at Jackson State here recently with Deion Sanders. I think they are in the uh, championship game sometime soon. Yeah, this uh, weekend, Celebration this Bowl. Celebration Bowl. 
but the, but I think the the news that I saw where they had actually actually uh, gotten a five star recruit to decommit from from Florida State to attend Jackson State, and that's that's a good trend. And I've listened to Deion Sanders talk about his commitment to Jackson State and the city of Jackson. So uh, what do your brother, have you talked to your brother about the, all the exciting things that's going on uh, down there? Yeah, I mean, everybody, I mean, of course, being an alumni, everybody's excited about what what um, Deion has done for Jackson State. And, and to be honest, it's, it's beyond Jackson State. His influence on, you know, black college football, if I could say, has been – major you you see you see other universities looking at you know hiring different but Deion is just you know one at a kind and one of a kind and I'm praying you know uh that he, that the commitment is a, a, a long-term commitment I mean he's brought uh -huh. major changes to to that university he he's shown when you put the right people in place uh what can happen you know uh, and I, I'm be honest with you, I attribute a lot of that to him being a a, a godly man as, as well. But uh, you know, I, I could just tell you, I mean, I, I'm a big fan. I'm watching his Instagram every day. I'm I'm following him. I, I love his messages. I love what he's doing with those young men. Uh, yeah, so uh, excited and wish I could be at the celebration ball. Yeah, which is sold uh, out. Oh, it is. I, yeah. I would, yeah, I would guess it is. And look, if, uh, is it going to be on TV? Because I know Dion helped ESPN. bring HBCU. It, 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 mm -hmm. it will be on ESPN, yes, sir. And then one last thing. I, I think I heard, well, two things. Dion, they're already trying to uh, get him away from Jackson State to other major programs, I think I heard. And then another HBCU uh, hired Stu Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Hugh, Hugh Jackson. I'm sorry, Stu Jackson. That's, yeah. that's a basketball guy. Uh, uh, Hugh Jackson. Uh, which HBCU was that? Do you Grambling. Grambling. Okay. So that might be a trend that's going, and hopefully we'll see a lot of five and four star, three star athletes going to these HBCUs. And we may even look up one day, and we might as well have a vision: is that the an HBCU will actually be in uh, the uh, team playoff, uh, college football playoffs for some one of these. Well, it, it's certainly possible, Lacey. And I think, I mean, one of the things. First of all, let's remember that you know pre Deion Sanders. Uh, coach by the name of Eddie Robinson, you know, who produced so many pros and great athletes who are now NFL Hall of Famers. So, I mean, there was a time, right, uh, mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, pre-ESPN and major TV money, right, that uh, the schools played a major role in, in, in HBCUs played a major role in producing you know, professional athletes. But I think one of the things that Jackson State has shown people, too, that you got to put your money where your mouth is. You get yes. what you pay for, right? Yes. And so they were willing to take some risks, uh, invest in Dion, uh, put some, you know what I'm saying, pay him a competitive way uh, so that he would, you know, I mean, put him in position to compete. Right. And, and right. so I, I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, now that we uh, – we begin to see our, our own value and worth in, in, in these kind of opportunities and the other HBCUs who, who are already followed. I mean, Tennessee State, you know, a number have gone and getting gone out and gotten other professional athletes. But but Deion, I, I, I tell people, I mean, Deion is, you know, pre-coaching two things. One, 
Dion came to Jackson State with coaching experience. He had been involved coaching high school and prep school football. So he wasn't just some celebrity that they hired. And I think people got to be a little bit cautious of, of that, you know, just going out right. to, to get a name. But he right. also was a major marketer uh, right. Right. as well. And so Dion is just taking all of his talents, ta mm -hmm. his talents, and, and, mm -hmm. and using them uh, to benefit Jackson State uh, and HBCUs. Yeah, and just quickly, because we got a lot to talk about here, Coach, uh, the gunslinger, Coach uh, Cooley uh, down at uh, Mississippi Valley State when Jerry Rice was playing there with the five wide receivers and empty backfields, and that was very innovative, and eventually that caught on. So you're right, they've contributed a, a lot to uh, the world of professional football by some of the things that they've done in college football. Uh, so, Larry, so you had a childhood. Tell us about your current family. Uh, I, I I talked about Lawrence earlier. I know your daughter, uh, Rashida, played basketball also, yeah, but yeah, you've just so, been a great dad all the way around. So why don't so, you tell so us? So obviously, you know, married um, and um, um, proud of, you know, uh, the support that, that uh, so this is my second marriage. And so uh, just uh, been blessed tremendously uh, in, in this relationship. I'm the father of two, Rashida uh, Ogenride lives in, in D.C. and uh, in Baltimore, to be exact, an entrepreneur, doing really, really well. Super proud of her as a dad. Uh, and then I have a son, Lawrence McKenzie, who who played for me, Lacey. And, and to this date, we're the only father-son combination in the history of Minnesota to win four consecutive titles together. Uh, that is special and will always be uh, special for us. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a different kind of bond that that we've been able to to develop uh, that way. And then now I've been blessed to be the grandfather of four beautiful uh, granddaughters. I call them my McKenzie princesses. Um, uh, Kyla, uh, who's 11, she's the oldest. I have Lauren, who was soon, matter of fact, as of tomorrow, she'll be nine years old, uh, actually 10 tomorrow. And then there is, um, how am I? There's Maya. Maya is seven, soon to be eight. And then Olivia, six, soon to be seven. What what a blessing! I, I have to share with my audience that my favorite uh, athletic event to watch is high school basketball. Uh, great high school basketball game with the gym rocking and the young people and things like that. And where I'm leading to, uh, the days you coach Henry, uh, that team uh, with Pettis and, and and just, you know, all the great uh, people you had on the LB and uh, that team, I could come watch them every year. And every year you just have a great team. And that was a tough team to, for anybody to beat. Now, how many, that's the one you won the four straight championship with, right? That is correct. And and let me just say this, Lacey, while I have you here publicly. I mean, you and Betty, you know, like there, there are people that can say, I knew you win, right? And um, before I, I won any championships, uh, uh, before I won any games, I mean, you and your wife, Betty, have been major supporters of me and my work and have always uh, supported our, our basketball team. I mean, and again, like you say, you know, we, we go way back, but the, the support uh, of myself, you, the mentoring, the time, 
you know, obviously you don't talk about your involvement with the basketball program, but you know, I, I love to teach my kids chess. You've been a volunteer chess master for our kids. You guys always travel for the team. You know, I've always, wherever I've been, considered you all as part of our basketball family. So let me just take the opportunity to thank you for your support and and not just somebody, you know, somebody who say pat me on the back and that kind of stuff. But I mean, not just with your words, but, but financially, you know, you, you've not, you all have not hesitated to uh, support us and in the work that we've been doing with these kids. And so, you know, all of those great accomplishments that you talked about in the, in the introduction, I, I mean, I've been able to do those things because of, uh, having people like you in my circle and, and and for folks that are listening, you know, your, your circle is one of the most critical things that you have. And so when Lacey talk, talks about friends and confidence, confidence and people like that kind of stuff. So just want to take the opportunity to say thank you. I appreciate that, Larry. I'm almost blushing here. Uh, I never, cause you know, we just do it because you're doing such a great co- job and we love the kids, man, and what you're doing. And we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, I would also like to, aside from those Henry teams, you had that North team, man, with, uh, uh, Tyler Johnson and, and Jamil, I think I got his name right. And, and Patrick, Jr., Patrick Gimley. Gimley. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, I'm like, like Odell Yeah, I mean, you, 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 are right. I mean, and, and and the thing to think about is, is, and and that that'll be a special team because, as you know, Lacey, when I went to Minneapolis North, the school, I always tell people, school was on life support. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The the basketball program, along with everything else, had had reached a, a fairly low point, and. When we got those kids, those kids were the kids that decided to stay in the community, go to school, 68 kids in the building. And the interesting thing is, unlike all the other, you know, great teams that I had, there was no guys ahead of them. So they had to to grow up. They had to become leaders. You know what I'm saying? Like like when when I got them as sophomores, that was the oldest group in the building. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there was nobody to look to to, to 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 learn how to do it. So those guys set the foundation for what we're doing right now. And you did a great job, and I, we enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, I especially enjoyed Tyler uh, Skywalker. People, don't, I don't know whether people know Tyler Johnson was such a Skywalker, man. I just remember some of those dunks that he had. But anyway, you've given us a lot of great experience, and I think you must have a pretty good team this year again, Coach. Uh, Minnehaha Academy was ranked number one in the state though, when you beat them last week, right? Oh, yeah. But, you know, I always tell people, man, Lacey, one thing that you know uh, – Nobody, you, 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 you have to roll up your sleeves and go to work, man. Nobody ever voted anybody a, a state champion. So I, I, I love the rankings. I, I was very, to be honest with you, uh, starting this season. And we, we, we've got a good team. I, I was glad that we were ranked number three going into that game. Uh, obviously, motivation since last March, right? Because this was a team, uh, two, that moved down after when winning a couple 3A uh, championships, they decided to move back down into our space, right? Ah, so, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we, we took that a little personal. 
I, I, I like the, that that idea about taking it personal. I, I do know you have a tournament uh, coming up this weekend in Sioux Falls, and Betty and I normally go on there with you, but we unfortunately we won't be able to make this one. But I I think you go to Chicago every week uh, of February during uh, Martin Luther King Day. Is that still planned for? No, no, uh, yeah. So so you know the the high school league restriction hasn't allowed us oh. actually to travel. In, in, in a couple of years and so that's just we we've not participated in, in that so uh and this tournament is we you know this is uh, uh the high school version of the naismith hall of fame uh classic oh, and so right. we we were honored to be included and participate in that and so we're playing a chicago team chicago simeon who was voted the best team uh, the top team in history uh, coming out of Illinois, uh, they've been a very successful program, much like Minneapolis North, who happened to be voted the, the top program in uh, Minnesota history. So uh, we get a chance to go battle them and, and, and be on a national stage this weekend. And so uh, we're excited to have that opportunity. Well, Coach, I'm going to let the audience in on a little inside story here. I always thought I was a pretty good ball player. Uh, and I remember the, the one game in my life I remember losing is to you, one-on-one, -on -one, Oban Lindale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still got that on my mind, man. I can't, I can't get over that one, Larry. Uh, and I just – in fact, I say this, and people find out – that's the one bad shooting game I can ever remember. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, you were a pretty decent uh, player yourself in uh, high school. And tell us a little bit about your uh, yeah, I mean, athletic you know, exploits. I, I, I grew up in a basketball family. I mean, growing up in Miami, you know, everybody knew my dad. Uh, you know, they call him. Uh, I mean, I, we, we, we call him Pop, but his friends call him uh Apple bite, I don't know why or, or that kind of stuff, but he he was known as being, you know, a, 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 he was a real high school legend in Miami playing at Booker T. Washington High School. I never then, knew that. Then I his know. younger brother, uh, my uncle, who we just, you know, buried a few months ago, Stan McKenzie, came along, he, uh, uh, played basketball at Miami Northwestern High School, went to NYU, won a one, at that time, they won the NIT in 1965, which was the NCAA championship back then. Uh, he was drafted, went on to play uh, seven years in the NBA. So I grew up in a basketball family. Uh, was a pretty good basketball player in high school uh, and then came to the Midwest and, you know, played for NAIA at the time over at Wisconsin River Falls. Had a... Had, had a a, a, a a challenging career, not because of my talent, uh, but because of my attitude. Uh, and, and then coming out of that time, you know, I tell people we grew up on the tail end of the civil rights movement. So, you know, carrying some of that that stuff with me um, didn't, didn't quite work out. But I always tell people, Lacey, when I reflect in my college experience, it was actually God preparing me to be in this situation where I am now, he was preparing me to coach the young men who I was right, in, right. A, 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 at the time. And I always say, you know, there's a reason for the season. And, and that was what that season was about is preparation for coach McKenzie to coach 
other young men much much like himself, right? Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. Well, I, I've seen some pictures of you with your fro and your high school uniform, and just to wrap up our little thing, where I, you know I'll never get over it. Uh, I just remember you just took me in the lane every time. Yep. You never took it, and you had a quick shot. Uh, and you could get the shot off before I knew it. So I want to honestly. I mean, back back then in those days when I was really, 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 really cocky. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I would tell people I'd play you to 11, give you 10. <laughs> I remember all that, Larry. And I do remember, too, uh, and we're going to talk about this in a little while. When you were director of the hospitality house, we had some of the, well, we had the best high school basketball player, period, at every grade level as part of that hospitality house team. And I heard where you old guys played these guys you know, and beat them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we because, uh, again, I mean, you know, the older you get, man, it it, right. it, it really isn't about athleticism anymore, it right? It, right. It, it, it's, it's, it's about outthinking them and, and the importance. And I just tell you, and it's funny because, you know, I mean, as you get older, I mean, you know, you can't out jump it, but you know, you you know how to rely on boxing out and mm -hmm. you know set screens, and you know they don't want to be physical and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, Lacey, I mean, again, that was one of the the project one project that we did together when I was at Hospitality House. We created um, a national program, right, with Adidas, Adidas sponsorship. We we created Team Minnesota, and if you think about. Uh, yeah, we had some of the many of the kids that played for me at Henry, along with guys like Alan Anderson, who played in the pros, Langa Langa, you know, a, a number of guys, Mohawk Grow, that end up having extensive careers overseas, right? All of those guys came out of our youth program. Yeah, and one of the guys, because besides Langa Langa, we had uh, is it Bryant that was drafted first round by the Celtics, I think it was. One yeah, of the people um, on that team. Patrick O'Brien. Patrick O'Brien, and yep. and you just remind me of Longa Longa. He ended up going to Oklahoma with your son Lawrence also, and he had the most salacious dunks I've ever seen in my life down at John Marshall, I think, down in Rochester. Yep. And I'll never forget that game. Uh, speaking of Lawrence, uh, how old was Lawrence uh, before you lost to him, Larry? Do you remember? I'm, 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 I'm certain Lawrence beat you, uh, eventually beat you. Because he, he's very talented. How I, when did that happen? I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, Lacey. You know, we lived across the street from you. And I uh -huh. think at about uh so he was eleven years old. I think he was maybe had to be at that point about seventh grade. Uh, and I mean I mean, you know, Lawrence worked on his trade a yes, lot. He did. Um, yes, he did. And basketball is one of those things that if you don't do often. So my jump shot by the time I played him wasn't quite as refined uh, uh, when I, as when I played you. And so I, I, think, I think it was like seventh or eighth grade. Uh, but before that, I took him out there and I would, I, 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 it, and it's funny because I also did the same thing, my little brother. We'd, we'd go to 21 and I, you know, I'd beat him 21 nothing and his mom would get upset. Why are you doing that to that little kid? You know what I'm saying? But um, I, I, you know, again, part of growing up, nothing comes easy, right? right and my right. dad did that to me. So, you know, some people these days, I mean, somebody might listen to him, might say that that's child abuse, but 
Uh, <laughs> no, it, 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 it worked for me. That helps. And, you know, my son, Adrian, and he, he got to the point where he could shoot a little bit and handle it a little bit. He wasn't as good as Lawrence, of course. But to this day, he never did beat me. I, he got close a couple of times, but I had to pull out the old school stuff on him and, and, and put him in his place. So so Lawrence you is – You know, Lawrence is a record holder still to this day at, at Oklahoma and Minnesota in terms of uh, three-point shooting. So – I should love to see him play. The level of his skill, yeah, of his ability. So we talked about hospitality house, and and you and I worked there together, and some of the great things that we did, and working with gangs, and uh, the after school program, and both. Oh, by the way, for the audience and to you, and I think I text you. I found out because you know my my sister passed away, and I was in Houston, and I got back late and found out Dr. Foster, who headed up the after school program at past and it just hurt my heart i wasn't made, able to make it to her service but i will say to you and to our audience uh dr Teresa foster who ran the after school program at hospitality house is one of the most beautiful people i i've ever met in my life i mean she just had a spirit about her and there wasn't a, a mean or hateful i mean all the human frailties and faults we find in people she had zero of that in her, and she will remain uh, one of my all-time favorite people. And I got some recent stories about her. Uh, why, don't, why don't you tell me yeah, a little well, bit about that? Like you said, man, I mean, I, I, I don't even think I could even begin to uh, describe the, the the words around the, the, the beautiful things of who Dr. Foster was. First of all, uh, and I happen to be in Baltimore uh, that week as well. So I was not able to go to her home going, but, you know, uh, uh, as you said, I mean, she'll always be somebody that, that, that I celebrate. I mean, one and first and foremost, Dr. Foster was truly a godly woman. And, and with that, you don't have to say uh, much else. And I don't think she made a move or did anything without prayer or, uh, counseling and that kind of stuff, and her spirit in the way that she dealt with children, right? I mean, if you, uh, the love that she poured out, uh, with I mean, and it was just you know, you were there, you were the program director, so you saw the, the kids that we had, right? Um, and some of the, the challenges and trauma and other kind of thing that they would be bringing in, um, in the building with them, but. They were coming to that after-school program, and Dr. Foster for for whether it was thirty minutes or you know whatever long, however long they was in the building, she had this ability to make it all go away. Yeah, to all yeah. go away, and um, I mean she was she was an angel here on yes, earth. She was. I, I like, and we can, can discuss this uh, after. We should have some type of memorial somewhere. For Dr. Foster, I mean, that's how yeah, special I, she was, and, 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 and I do, and I and I want to say this too, Lacey, while I get this opportunity. I mean, she was special, but but I always say this to you too. I I, I, I I'm and I'm gonna have to do this sooner than later. I think that we need to honor Glenn Johnson. Oh yes. Um, I mean, because that's another angel here on earth, somebody that that we need to give. Uh, flowers to those two women right there. Uh, man, not have not only young people, right? Uh, 
but but again my life and and you know there there are times as you well know man like like being a man there's only so far and and and, and that you can go when when it comes to some of that stuff that that these kids need and both of those ladies have that innate ability right to be able to to to, to give that so uh definitely we need to and, and maybe Lacey, while we while we're on air talking maybe we give glenn the first dr Teresa Foster. Foster. Award. i agree I agree. And and I was thinking the other night, I was at a banquet the other night, and, you know, I, I got to the uh, stage in life where I don't like banquets, and I'm sorry if, it, if I take that the wrong way, but a, one type of banquet I would love to see us have, and I don't, just a banquet for unsung heroes like Glenn and like Dr. Foster. I mean, we go to a lot of banquets where famous people are recognized, but there are so many people out here that we know yeah. every day just putting in the work get no recognition for it and they're just doing it because that's the type of person they are and when you talk about glenn my sister i mean she's just done miracles with the young man just about every one of them played for you i think yeah uh, just about have, all yeah. of them that they did that's what <laughs> yeah. i'm saying i know i know firsthand <laughs> yep and they won championships with you too so we uh, let's follow up on that larry because we we really got to do that that's something near and dear to my heart uh the other thing i remember about the hospitality house and really it's connected to some of the work I'm doing now. It, 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 it formed who I am now. It's just working with the gangs there and just to walk into a gym and there's 200 gang members sitting there and they're just quiet and and, 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 and paying attention. And you remember Jimmy, the late Jimmy Standback and, and Thomas Dixon and, and all the people that we work there and the chance that, and, and, and once again, uh, as you know, I got a, a company called UBX and we we're trying to bring some business to North Minneapolis. But, you know, what I tell a lot of people, it started uh, at Hospitality House when we we're trying to uh, get some of those young men off the streets and things like that. But we didn't have jobs for them. And uh, so that led to where where I am now trying to bring these jobs into the, to the city where once we go out and talk to them, because most of these young men don't want to be out there. And we know that. So. Uh, that was a, 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 the beginning of where I am right now. Now, you served uh, in other uh, 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 jobs, Larry, and the Urban Director at Youth Initiative. Just give me a quick, uh, and I'm going to mention a few of them. Just give us a quick description of what you did there. The Urban Director at Youth Frontiers. The, oh, I know the Executive Director at Pillsbury. Uh, there. We're, we're, let's, let's go in order here. Yeah, Urban yeah, Director so uh, at Youth Frontiers. Tell us about so, so, uh, there. So when I, when I, I mean, basically... Uh, you frontiers do a lot of of what do you, what do you uh, educate character education? Uh, it was an edu character education program, and they went into at the time. I mean, uh, uh, the majority of uh, suburban schools and like you know my fight around trying to make sure that kids of color have some of the same opportunities that that the other kids have. And so my job there was to bring these programs, man, to urban communities. And so I, I, I led those efforts around character education. It was an opportunity for me to continue, you know, doing some of my motivational speaking and that kind of stuff. And so uh, that was what what I did at, at that particular place, uh, you know, uh, at, at, at U Frontiers. Okay. And then both of us, I know you uh, executive director and charter school liaison at Pillsbury United Communities, and you invited me to well, be I don't a know, part. I don't know the confusion about, I mean, I'm not the executive director. I oh, that's a, okay. That, so okay. Well, maybe, you're charter school liaison. Been, 
yeah, yeah. So with, with that, I mean, you know, it, it 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 allows me, Lacey, in this job, and I love the 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 job. And I tell people my real title is to be the voice uh for the kids and the family who have no voice. And so my job, I get up every morning with the responsibility for 9,500 kids to go to work to make sure that they get a high quality education. And so I am their advocate. I meet with schools around compliance to make sure they're doing the things that they say they're going to do uh, with the resources that they have for our kids. And uh, it, it, I mean, it, it it aligns with my coaching and everything else. And so I, I, I love it. I, I, I love it. I, I'm able to bring my previous, I mean, I was, as you well know, again, where our roles, we, you know, we, we work together. Uh, I was executive director for a short time at Rice Step Academy, one of the original charter schools uh, in the state of Minnesota. And so taking that experience into the work that I'm doing now, uh, it, it has helped me tremendously. And I was going to tell you, you invited me to be a, a member of your advisory committee there, and I really enjoyed that experience. We both have like a keen interest in education, and we both got some ideas on how we can improve it. So I will be working with you and some other people. I got some other people we're going to get together and see can we come up with some uh, ideas because, you know, I'm just uh, dedicated to trying to close the achievement gap in education, and you, you and I both believe that our – children have everything they need to learn and, and to perform at grade level, then that's going to be one of our goals. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Above the Rim, and then we'll talk about some of the education and athletic things that you do as a coach, because I think of all the things you do, I'm just so impressed by that. Uh, but Above the Rim, uh, Sports Foundation, I think you founded with your wife, Pam and yeah, yeah, wonderful, yeah. beautiful wife Pam. Tell us a little bit about that. So, so it it, it is uh, a family foundation. You know, small small right now, but but we we see the vision. Uh, the work that we want to do is uh, it, it's around athletics and, and and education. And so, you know, I tell my kids all the time: you either use the game or the game uses you. And so, what I want to make sure is. We want to use the foundation to provide support. So right now, Lacey, we we provide a couple scholarships in honor of my dad. Uh, we we've got a couple kids that that are in college that's been a recipient of that scholarship. We support um, kids going to camp, other kind of things. We've helped kids uh, with paying for for ACT uh, preparation and some of those other kinds of things is what we do. Uh, and so. Uh, I, I like to say the Above the Rim Youth Sports Foundation is where athletics meet academics, right, mm -hmm. to, to move forward. Um, and, and as you said, I mean, together, I mean, one of the things that, that you and I, we, we, Nelson Mandela says, look, that, that education is the greatest tool, right, to in, 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 in terms of defeating poverty and all of those other kinds yes. of things. It's a great weapon. And so we want to take athletics and academics and weaponize them uh, with, for, for young people to be able to go out into this community and have impact and, and, and change their neighborhoods. We want to give them those opportunities. So that's what we do. We got a couple projects that, that we're working on. Lacey, as you well know, you've helped me as well. Um, the scoreboard project in North Mini put in North High School was one of those projects. And we we've got a couple other things that we're doing that we're 
probably uh, hopefully have the opportunity to come back uh, on with you later and, and talk about some of those things. But but that's what it is. And so, you know, I, I, I want it to be uh, a lot of times being a coach and particularly it, it comes with the the some restrictions. But I've always, you know, been a mentor and involved with, you know, kids in the community beyond basketball. And so creating this foundation with my wife, who who've also been involved with with young women, right? And in terms of mentoring young women, so it, we we wanted to combine and, and just put our work together and and say, you know, when when I'm not on the hardwood, that that doesn't it doesn't stop me from doing the work and and trying to impact and change lives. Wow. Uh, so if someone wants to support uh, Above the Rim, uh, give them your website. Uh, so if you, if you, you can go to www.abovetherimyouthsportsfoundation.com. Uh, uh, there's information about the organization. There's information about some of the work that we're doing. And you just click on the donate button and you can contribute to uh, blessing us so that we can continue to be a blessing. And what I admire uh, a lot about you is that you got a lot of discipline. And I think, tell us a little bit about your team performance in the classroom first. I, I know that uh, a couple of things that you're good at raising GPAs. I, I know that uh, I've been at a North High graduation where two of the basketball players were among the top five uh, uh, grade uh, GPAs in, in, in the graduating class. One of them might have even uh, been valedictorian, salutatory. I don't know, but I know just. Yeah. Yep. It was. Yeah. Yep. Salutatorium. Yep. Salutatorium. And so you're able to come in and take these uh, young men and get them to focus on not only basketball, uh, but give them, persuade them the value of just academic performance. How do you go about doing that? And what's the key uh, for other people out there that want to do this? You know what? It, well, you know, Lacey, I mean, and, and, and I hate to say this, is it simply is spending time with those kids and finding out their why. And, and when I say that is, you know, one of the things that I spent, like, why are you playing basketball? What do you want to get out of this? And kids often respond, I want to be the first one to go to go to college in my family. Uh, I, I, want to, I want to become a businessman. I want to do this. I want to do that. So once I understand their why, then the next thing is, okay, let's make a plan. What is, what is it going to take? You want to go to college. What colleges you want to go to, right? What's the admission requirement? All of those kind of things. So we actually, and I'm proud I got a great staff. We 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 sit down with all of our kids. We get a list of, of, of schools and we help them put together a plan, right, to accomplish their goals. And, and so, and then I'm able to hold them accountable because when you're not going to class, when you're not doing the things that you need to do, I simply remind them of their why. Uh -huh. You're not going to go. If you don't go to class, you don't keep your grades up. You're not going to be the, able to be the first one in your family to go to college. And so what we've been able to do, Lacey, is this is and I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing. We got African-American boys competing to be the, the smartest in their their class. And, and, you know, when I was at Henry, I took a team with a 1.6 GPA. I left them with a 3.4 GPA with five National Honor Society students. And what I'm most proud of, and I'll, I'll, and I'll challenge anybody 
to, to match this. This is my 25th year as a high school basketball coach. And in 25, well, I'm going into 25, but in 24 years, I have 100% of my kids who've graduated on time. And, and I remember when I went to Patrick Henry, the graduation rate for African-American males was 28%. And I always say those kids had a greater chance of going to prison than going to college. We've had 100% graduation on time of African-American boys. I don't need to talk about, I mean, obviously it happened my five years at Academy of Holy Angels, right? But in in, in, in an inner city school, two inner city schools, 100% graduation, 100% of those kids have gone to a two-year or four-year school with about 33% of those kids over the last uh, 24 years having college degrees. Many of them are now in education themselves. Uh, you are a youth whisperer or something like that. I, if that's such a word, you can you can uh, uh, get to children, kids and affect them. And, and, and what's amazing about that to me, Larry, because I know you've had quite a few challenges. I mean, uh, a lot of the uh, young men on the basketball team, they got the uh, one foot in the street also. And to have them graduate on time, and I just know some of the challenges that you had, uh, it's just amazing that you, you, you were able to do that. Uh, I'm trying to get us uh, within the hour. We just got so much to talk about. But you did mention your coaching staff. And Larry, what's amazed me about your coaching staff, they stay with you. And I know that there's high school, other high schools that want to hire them. Larry, what, what is it that you're putting in that Kool-Aid to make these coaches want to just stay with Coach McKenzie? Well, so first of all, I want to go back to the comment around the, the whisper relationship. I always tell people, man, uh -huh. what, what I've discovered, man, is I've been tapped on the shoulder by the man above, right, God. I'm the, and, 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 and so I, I'm just a vessel that he's chosen to use, to use right, in, in this time and space. And so I, 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 I mean, even with all the accolades, I really want to make sure that I give all honor and credit to to the God that I serve, because that's how uh, we've been able to make it happen. I'm amazed at my staff as well. Uh, I, I, I encourage them uh, every year to go look for opportunities. And, and there's some great coaches that are being missed out, but they I, they love the work that we do as a yeah. team. They love yeah. The, the the standard and the demands of of of, of which we do things and so um and again man the sacrifices they make right they they've given up opportunity to continue to be assistant coaches but you're right i mean yeah, we've yeah, we, yeah. you know i mean coach pete has been with me um 22 out of the 24 years uh, or you know um coach mike is i think this is year 20 for him out of, out of 24, I got uh, Trent, who played for me, who's now been with me for almost 11 years. Coach Jackson is, this is eight years. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, Brandon uh, Mitchell, my JV coach, who also played for me, uh, now going into his ninth year. Um, there, There's probably another, not another staff that has the kind of connections that, that we have. Because we've been, I mean, we're family. We yeah, are two year yeah. family. Now, uh, are we going to be able to attend games in the gym this year? I really missed that yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Masks are going to be required. Masks are going to be required, but you will be able to 
the okay. attend games. And I see Lacey, I tell you, we're running up on, yeah, this is, it's, we haven't even started talking yet. And, right. And, <laughs> I know. And <laughs> I'm going to have to have part two with you, Coach McKenzie. Uh, and I just remember, uh, I talk about my love of high school games, just your, your games against Hopkins. Uh, both in the North Gym and in the Hopkins Gym has just been classics, and so I really like that. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what what started you to coaching. What's the reward? You know, what's like, when was your first coaching job? By the way, when when was the so, first so time you my, my first coaching job was in the winter of nineteen eighty one, and here's my true story, Lacey. I um, you know Clyde Turner. Clyde was mm-hmm. a Clyde was a program manager for Big Brothers, and we had, you know, through basketball, we got connected. When I came out of school, uh, he was like a big brother to me, and so all along, Clyde Clyde just kept, you know, uh, soliciting me to become a big brother. And so I tell people when your big brother six foot seven looking down on you, it's hard to say say no. And so I gave in. I became a big brother's, a big brother. I was assigned to a 13-year-old young man with the intention, here it is, with the intention of changing his life. And my life was forever changed. Jules, Jules was a young man. He was walking through his hallway at Ascension Middle School in South Minneapolis. He overheard his principal talking to some people in the building that they were not going to be able to have a basketball program that year because nobody in the building wanted the coach. They did not have a basketball coach. So Jules volunteered his big brother, unbeknownst to me, to become the coach. And uh, well. I, I went on to coach that team. We actually went 10 and one that year. I still have the championship ball here. We won the league. And I tell everybody, uh, I had the intention of changing the life of a 13 year old young man. And that 13 year old young man changed my life. I fell in love with coach. And Larry, I, I've always known the, well, first of all, uh, you talked about uh, uh, these young men and plants and stuff. And I just want to say, uh, you've always been a goal setter, and and every once in a while, someone will say something, and I'll just it'll just become part of me. And I just remember your mantra was, "Plan your work and work your plan," and that never left me. And and I see you're still doing that today. Uh, so tell me about some challenges. I mean, some. I mean, you've had some. Given the youth that you coach. Uh, there have to have been some situation where it was just like this is tough for me to get through. Uh, how did you tell us? How did you handle those type of situations? Oh, Lacey, I got stories for days. I mean, um, I actually, I mean, and, and, and not afraid to admit it. I mean, so uh, probably four or five years ago now, just with some of the kids, you know, dealing with coaching, man, I, I, I had to go and sit down with. Uh, therapists and that kind of stuff because the kids were bringing so much stuff to me that I was not equipped, right, to to handle. And, and then I was telling people, like, a lot of times kids come to me and looking for help and solutions. And the, 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 the last thing before they leave or walk out of the office is, but you can't tell my mom. You can't say nothing to my dad. And so, you know, you're trying to help them without uh, – what do you call it? Violating their trust. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, for me, Lacey, I just, in all honesty, have to stay uh, prayed up. And then I've been, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't want people out there, but I've been blessed to have, I, I tell people I've been blessed uh, since I was 19 years old uh, to have people in my life like you and Felton Smith and, and, and Reggie Flake. And, and I say that to say that, you know, all the time, and this is where your circle become so important, man, is like sometimes when you, you're dealing with challenges and going through things, you'll have people in your life say, let's go get a drink or let's go smoke some weed or let's go do some of these other things. I've always had people in my life say, let's pray about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let's pray about it. Let's and, and, and because of that, you know, I've been able to navigate uh, through some of the, the, the storms in my life. The You know, man, I mean, and, and, and in all honesty, you know, like from the fraternity and you, you've already said we're fraternity brothers, but having the, the Lacey Johnsons, the Emmys Lockleys, the Bobby Evans, the Larry Ellis's in my life. Right. I mean, to to uh, to model for me what what really being a a a, uh, a strong uh, uh, African-American man, you know, who who who's unwilling to uh, to compromise them, the morals and their values and those kind of things. I mean, I, I've been around. So because of of that, Lacey, I've been able to get through the storms. That's great. And, and I have to, and this, we're going to have to do a part two because you mentioned Clyde Turner. And I just want to briefly say before Magic Johnson, uh, there was a 6'7", a 6'8 guard named Clyde Turner that played for the University of Minnesota uh, team coached by, I think, Bill Musselman at the time with Ron Behagen and Jim Brewer and Dave Winfield, a uh, heck of a team. Uh, and uh, Clyde has always been uh, out in the community doing great work. And I know you mentioned some of your uh, fraternity brothers that you work with. I know you had a special relationship with our late John Cameron. And why don't you just mention that for a while and his well, his role uh, in your it, mentorship? Yeah, yeah. Again, Lacey, when you talk about uh, mentor, and um, I was trained by the best. Uh, I tell people I grew up with my father in my life, but John K. Cameron um, is somebody who tremendously influenced my life. And I'm a lot of who I am to, to this day, uh, having this conversation with you is because of my mentor, John K. Cameron, God bless his soul, may he rest in peace. But, you know, um, the story with John is, you know, he did so much for me. And every time I try to take him to lunch, I try to pay for dinner, give him a Father's Day gift, Christmas gift. He never took a gift. And the thing that he would say to me is, Matt, all I want from you is that when the time comes, I want you to allow other people to stand on your shoulder the way that you've stood on mine. Uh, And that has resonated with me. That has stayed with me. And I serve these young men because of John K. Cameron. and, and, And really, coaching and the way that I coach and what I do is the only way that I could ever repay him because that's what he asked from me. He asked for me to allow people to stand on my shoulder the way that I stood on his. And Lord knows 200 plus pounds stood on his shoulders for many a days. And John Cameron was like that for all of us. And I tell everyone, uh, I'm standing on the shoulders of the generation before me. And John Cameron was one of them, one of the people that raised us. And and I want to give the next generation my shoulders to stand on. And that's why you and I are out here trying to do the things we're doing. 
and we're not putting ourselves first. We're putting uh, the people we're trying to help first to just leave some shoulders for them. Uh, so what are, if you could think of, and you won six uh, state championships, and you've had the NAACP, and our audience should know that you're known all over the uh, country, and you've done speaking internationally also. But when you look back right now, now that it's over, Larry, uh, uh, over the years as coaching and what and being involved in the community, can you think of one uh, rewarding moment that may stand out over all the rest? I know this might be a tough one because you got a lot of good things you've got done. No, I mean, it, 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 I, I really can't. There's been so many rewarding minutes that, that I, don't, I don't think I could single out yeah. any one particular thing at all. Right, um, right. It, you know, there's just been so many blessings in my life. I mean, individuals, the opportunity to, as you said, to, to, to travel the world. Uh, I mean, the, 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 mo the magical moment probably goes back to Jules volunteering right. me to become, you know, a coach because that changed my life. Yeah, we, we got to get off here and do part two. But but here's the thing uh, to our audience. I've seen the sacrifice, the, you being a taxi. At the, uh, we went to the ABCD camp out in Jersey one time and, and just to see what coaches do for these children, uh, young men. And the fact that a lot of them you're the surrogate dad for, and in fact, besides, especially with uh, inner-city youth, uh, male teenagers from a uh, single-parent home, coaches are the most important, one of the most important person in their lives. And uh, uh, going back to the hospitality house, you may recall I coached a 15-year-old one game in Cleveland, and I could see why once a coach, always a coach. But, Larry, you must not have been happy with my performance because that was my only coach. <laughs> well, listen, you, you must have fired me after that one, Larry. <laughs> nah, you were more valuable as my program director. Yeah, okay. And so, um, but, no, nah, I, 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 I remember that. I mean, yeah. and, again, I mean, so, so many. I mean, Lacey, you just, man – so many great memories and and i see that we are actually time here but uh yeah uh it, 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 I, I, you know what i don't i don't remember i don't think i made the cleveland trip so i, you, I, I think you were because you, we took the bus down to cleveland right and the coach for the 15 year old and i just remember i got a technical bus jumping up off the that's yeah too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think when you got back, I was like, Lacey, we can't have that kind yeah. of stuff. So, okay, yeah. so Larry, let's wrap it up. Uh, we're about achievement here, which is what our fraternity is about, Kappa Alpha Psi. And I, I, we didn't even get into your work there. Uh, you're being a North Central uh, Province pole mark, the respect that you have within the fraternity, especially here locally. Uh, the work that you put in. But uh, once again, we're running kind of overtime, and I'm have I have to have you on again, but achievement we're about achievement and one of the i always like to leave our youth with a positive message and look you know me i, I believe we could be anything we want to be and uh according to uh how, how how much we're willing to sacrifice but leave uh our audience uh with just a positive message uh especially when you think about our youth uh as far as uh, how they can achieve in life and how to overcome obstacles. In fact, that's probably the main thing. Uh, our young people here uh, all day, every day about obstacles 
And I really like the fact that you talk about setting goals and having a plan to get towards goals. Why don't we end on that note uh, right quick, Larry? Is he still there in the studio? Okay. All right. How are we going to wrap it up then? Okay. Well, okay. Oh, you know what? He might have been. Do we have only an hour on that? Oh. oh, okay. Am I still on? Oh, okay. Uh, you can edit it before we upload it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we will have Coach McKenzie back on to, to finish up our conversation. And as you see, we can we have a lot to talk about. This young, uh, this I call him a young man. Uh, Coach McKenzie have achieved so much. He's been so dedicated. Uh, he's been down in the trenches, and uh, whenever uh, he needed me or I could, I got down in the trenches with the with him. And we're going to continue to work. We're going to stay on the wall. Uh, we're going to continue to help our young people achieve in life, which is what Bright Lights is about. So once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, go hey, here's go out to our website. Uh, subscribe uh, and donate. Uh, we got Coach McKenzie back. I hope we can yeah, wrap my, this up right here. Yeah, I love down. it. I know. I, I love it though. I love live. Uh, I tell us, but I was asking you to leave uh, to just describe uh, the obstacles because you were overcoming life and what was your attitude and what allowed you to overcome all the things that uh, uh, out there to stop you from achieving your goals. Uh, let me get that one again, Lacey. Your, your basic philosophy uh, as far as a, achieving your goals and overcoming obstacles to, so you could get where you are, uh, what's, what do you tell your, the young people out there they need to do uh, when they start talking about how unfair life is and, and all the obstacles they have to overcome? What is it? What type of advice do you give the young people that you coach? So one of the things that I tell my young men, no matter what your situation is in life right now, you're not the first and you won't be the last. And I personally don't believe in in in, in possibilities. Um, I, I I believe that it will be things will be challenging. You'll you'll have roadblocks, but it, but it depends on how hungry you are, how bad you want it, right? And if you want it bad enough, then nobody can stop you but you. And even before Nike, I'm so if this is something that you want to do, let's just do it. You know, but but you have to, you know, you're not the first one in your family. You're not the first one that I've met that didn't know his dad. You're not the first one that I know that lived off food stamps. You're not the first one that I know that been homeless. So, you, you know, grandma used to say there's nothing new under the sun. So uh, stop, let's stop feeling sorry for yourself. Let's come up with a plan to change your life. And if you want to do that, it's possible. Okay. Well, keep up the great work coach uh this has been good i like to i'm going to bring you on for for a follow-up uh good luck on your trip to sioux falls this year uh you can count on me and betty to be at the games and support you again this year i'm just looking forward to it and the excitement and just keep up the great work uh you know you and i have talked about getting uh solving some of the getting to the root causes of some of these issues faced in our community you and i have talked about the importance and we talked about it today of faith and having a faith I, in fact i don't know how other people do it man i, I really don't I, I, I don't i don't know how you go through life without faith but that's just me 
Uh, we talked about education, and we've both been involved in the education uh, of our young people, and we both have seen great results. So that's another thing. So faith, education, uh, then economic development. We both worked on that, and we're continuing to work. You're partner with me on some economic development things right now, and then just rebuilding the family. And I hope our audience see uh, that uh, Coach McKenzie uh, uh, just believe in family and uh, taking care of his children and supporting them and setting good examples. So if we do those type of things, I think eventually we're going to get to the root cause of some of these issues and stop having to apply band-aids to them. So, Coach, uh, good luck. Uh, I think you got practice this evening. Yeah, I'm uh, right one one of these days, I'll stop into another one of your practice, and we'll get your kids out for some chess uh, uh, teaching and lessons and things later on uh, this year, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, one more thing, just before you go. I, I hate to do it. Uh, North High School, I understand, is being renovated. Can you just fill our audience in on that? And I know the Minneapolis Public, what you know about that, the Minneapolis Public School, there's a desegregation plan going on where some children from some of the richer communities, Kenwood and place, it's going to be attended. Yeah. North. Yeah. What's so, going on so there? It's Minneapolis CDD plan and Lacey. We really don't even have, that's a whole show by itself, right? Okay. And so it's okay. kind of reverse integration and they are adding. Um, so, so they're adding, they're renovating the school. But they're mm -hmm. adding a, another school into the school. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so there's a lot to it. So right. there'll be two schools, really, in one building. The the C C T E school, um, which would be a technology uh, kind of uh, a deal for uh, in, within the school, but. It, it'll, it'll be a, a separate school with his own principal and all of those kind of things. Uh, okay. Like I say, that's a whole, and, and, and that is an effort to get kids from Kenwood and some of the other uh, richer communities to enroll and attend school over North. And so uh, okay. a lot of discussions about the benefit of that and who will benefit from that. Yeah. Yeah. But let's let's talk about that a little bit because I know it, it can get intricate there. But we are, it's a good place to end it because we started out talking about when you started coaching at North High School, they were ready to shut the school down. And now we're talking about this big expansion and doing a lot of great things. And where I, I'm going to end it at is uh, I, I think you had a lot to do with this and the school remained and open and things like that. And this is some of the fruits of your labor. So I know you got to go. Uh, have your practice. Uh, I'll talk to you when you get back from Sioux Falls. Uh, Coach McKenzie, keep up the great work. And I'm uh, one of your, I'm proud of your admiration society. So keep it up. Appreciate it, Lacey. Thank you for having me. And to all of the folks out there, I'm just going to end with this. Continue to let your light shine brightly. Have bright lights. I love that, Larry. And he did that all on his own. See you later, Larry. Thanks a lot. See you later. Yes, sir. Have a good evening. Say hi to Pam for me. Will do. Okay. Bye.